Hi, and welcome to the Beer and Eggs podcast. I'm Jessica, and I'm here with my husband, Ryan. Why are you laughing? Say hi, Ryan. <laughs> you have a weird look on your face. Oh, I wasn't ready. I hit the button. Oh, I'm sorry. You just started going, and I'm like, oh, no. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're continuing a series where we read through the Gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. And today we're in chapter 13. Take it away. Okay. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And he said these things. All his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. So he was saying, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and threw into his own garden, and it grew and became a a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three uh, sata of flour until it was all leavened. And he was passing through one city and village after another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you begin standing outside and knocking on the door, saying, Lord, open up to us, and then he and he then will answer you and say to you, I do not know where you are from. You will begin saying, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. And yet he will say, I do not know where you are from. Leave me, all you evil evildoers. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, 
but yourselves being thrown out. And they will come from east and west and from north and south, and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. At that very time, some Pharisees approached him, saying, Go away and leave this place, because Herod wants to kill you. And he said to him, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I am casting out demons and performing healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I reach my goal. Nevertheless, I must go on my journey today and tomorrow and the next day, for it cannot be that prophet would perish outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who have been sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, just as a hen gathers her young under her wings, and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is left to you desolate. And I say to you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you for reading. Mm -hmm. There's a lot in there, even though it's one of the shorter chapters. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, I don't even know where to begin with my thoughts, but (laughs) good chapter. I think it's interesting how just in that first paragraph, um, you know, they were asking him, like, oh, these people who suffered this way, where they were sinners. And Jesus just gets straight to the point, and he's like, you know, repent, or else you meet a, yeah, a yeah, the fate. same fate. <laughs> it's just like, well, it's interesting. You know, like, let's not argue on this, like, really kind of secondary thing like what are you doing are you going to end like that or are you going to repent well the focus is not necessarily on your like earthly circumstance right Mm -hmm. so it's like do you think these people that suffered a terrible fate on earth are any better than you or any worse than you it's like no they're not they're just people but if you don't repent you know when you die you're going to suffer this similar fate. You know? mm-hmm. So it's interesting that the focus is not necessarily on suffering in this world, but it's mm-hmm. on the suffering that's going to come, you know, after death. Yeah. If there's no repentance. It's just interesting. I think it's just like hitting me now how, Consistently, Jesus is always taking people's eyes off of their earthly circumstances mm-hmm. and on to the kingdom of heaven. And yet, at the same time, he's not heartless towards the, their current sufferings. No. Because he heals them and he weeps with them. Mm-hmm. But he's always like, take your eyes off of what's happening right now. Like, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, he cares for the situations that are happening here, mm-hmm. yet they're not more important than what's to come. Right. So he he is more than willing to help here and now and heal and to end suffering. However, what is to come, that suffering is greater than anything that could be faced here. And therefore, yeah, it not- is more important to look to that and understand that rather than your situation here or what happened to other people um 
in in other circumstances like when a building fell on them yeah like and he he heals this woman with a disabling spirit and then he teaches about the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. i don't know i just i guess you know in my mind like i would expect god to maybe be so focused on what is to come in his kingdom that he didn't have any um what is the word i'm looking for like time empathy or empathy but he does mhm that's who god is and that's who jesus is being also fully man it's like he has great empathy for us oh yeah even though it's so temporary <laughs> and i guess we should also be like that as christians who are following in his footsteps oh yeah not we should not have- be like just preaching the kingdom and then not feeding and clothing people well you should have empathy and preach the kingdom yeah and then there's also i forget where that passage is where it says you know not just to feed and clothe people but to preach the gospel to them Mm -hmm. and glorify let them glorify god for your good works Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people out there who do good things for others but are you using those to point them to christ like we should be doing both yeah yeah. And then the, the last part just really gets me. 34 and 35, where he's just like, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who have been sent mm-hmm. to her. Um, That's just... Your house is left you desolate. It's like... Uh, well, it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sad. Be- and, and then he's, he's, he's he even mourning. says... He's, how often I wanted to gather your children together just as a hen gathers her young under her wings, but you were unwilling. That's so sad. You know, it comes to my mind when he says that it's like, I guess the heartache may be similar to the heartache of a parent with just extremely disobedient wayward children, you know, because they, I mean, the Jews were his people and yet, mm-hmm. I'd say probably a good majority of that generation, at least, were wayward. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, a good a good majority of them seemingly always were wayward. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you um, look back. But they were a people that were living under God's rule mm-hmm. and rebelling against it constantly. What gets me is that. It was so like, like a lot of people would be like, oh, I just need to see to believe. And it's like, I don't think you understand. There was people that saw and not only did not believe, but rebelled against. Yes. I think about when he rose Lazarus from the grave and there were people there who saw and it said they went and reported him. Mm -hmm. It's like, you literally saw him raise someone from the dead and you're, yeah, you know. Well, imagine the people being led out of Egypt and all of them miraculous things. Oh, yeah. That, that generation happened. didn't even get and to they, see the promised land. Well, right? And then they, like, they just didn't believe. They didn't, they were so hungry for something else that wasn't God. Yeah. You know, and it just really gets to the heart of the issue that, like, even if you, to people who say oh i need to see something to believe it 
you probably still wouldn't be satisfied. Right. You know what I mean? And there's proof of that in scripture with people being like, Yeah, there are well, lots of people who saw next thing. greater things than you'll ever see. Mm -hmm. And they didn't believe. Even saw Jesus himself raising people <laughs> from the dead. And they're just like, nah, not this guy. We I, don't like this I guy. imagine, and this isn't in scripture, I don't think, but I imagine there are evil, even some people who saw the risen Christ that didn't believe. Oh, I have no idea about that. I assume that when he was appearing to people, he was appearing to not obviously the 12, but also to other disciples. Because there was like the 12 disciples, but there was a lot of disciples that also... I don't know where we him. get, where I heard this number from, but I've heard from people before that they say he appeared to over 500 people. Yeah, the 500, yeah. Is that in scripture? Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> but I remember hearing that. I think it's actually in... Yeah, it's got to be. It's in Luke, pretty sure. Because he interviews oh, cool, a bunch we'll of people. Get to it. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good chapter. I'm like ninety percent sure. I could be completely off on that though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Thank you for reading with me, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm really enjoying this series. Yeah, it's good. We're finally yeah. getting caught up. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. We hope it's blessing you. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.